but from the cross to the resurrection. So let's look at this first scripture. So this is about the cross, Luke 23, 33. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Because you can't have Sunday without Friday. But Jason, why do you want to talk about the cross on Easter? Because without the cross, there is no Easter. And so you have this, this idea of, of Jesus coming to the earth, being born of a virgin, living a sinless life, and then all the way up to the place of the cross. But then Sunday's coming. And so if you look at this next passage, we'll read about Sunday. Luke 24, 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified on the third day, and be raised again. Verse 8. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. I love that. Because the gospel seems like nonsense to much of our world today. We're here to celebrate the fact that it's true. Peter, however, in perfect Peter style, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. We just ask that you would speak to each heart today what we need to hear by your Holy Spirit. And most of all, Father, I ask that I would get out of the way, you would get in our way today, and we would leave this place changed. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's talk about the cross for a second. The cross fixed the sin problem. Colossians 2, 13 through 15. This is heavy right here, but it's very freeing. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Verse 14, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Oh, boy. I've been praying for all of you all week. And this, is, this has been my prayer all week. God, would you take the lid off of people's mind and how good you are? Just could you peel back the lid on how freaking awesomely good you are? That's how I pray. So, So let me ask you this. If you went home today and you got a letter in the mail from everyone you owed money to, and that letter, all those letters, because most of us owe a lot of people a lot of money, If that letter, Alex, if that letter said, 
You no longer owe me any money. Be free from the debt. I thought I would hit something there. (laughs) No longer. You no longer owe. And that's what Jesus Christ did for us by coming to this earth living a sinless life, taking our death and sin to the cross. He said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. All the indebtedness that you have because you're human and because you're human, you sin. I am going to erase that debt. You can't be good enough. You can't be bad enough. It's all about what Jesus did for us and about us in our own heart accepting what Jesus did for us. Fix the sin problem, Eric. He totally fixed it. Because here's the deal. Maybe you don't know Jesus. You accept Jesus today. You're still going to sin tomorrow. Right? Christianity is not about perfection. It's about process. It's about forgiveness. And it's about just walking out and accepting what Jesus did for us and realizing that, yeah, we're going to make mistakes. But if we make mistakes, we're going to make them with Jesus. So what Jesus did, he nailed it to the cross. And he, he, you know, Jesus, he was beaten. He was tortured. I mean, he, and as he's nailed to that cross, I love the fact that it says he triumphant over the enemy. In the most humble way, he won. And because he won, we win. Because he won, we win. Number two. Still talking about the cross. The cross brought grace and mercy. So let's define grace. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Let's define mercy. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. You getting that? Think about that for a second. That's what Jesus did for us. So here I'm I'm walking in grace, and I'm getting what I don't deserve, which is salvation, because I'm a sinner. And then here comes mercy, and I'm not getting what I do deserve because I'm a sinner. Right? I, many times, I've told you this before, but my, my parents believed in spanking. They didn't do it in anger. They didn't do it. But my, my dad just knew me well enough to know that at some point my butt needed to feel the heat. <laughs> and I know some of you have different views on that. And, you know, you go ahead and do whatever you need to do. And let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> but but here, here's, here's the most memorable moments I have of my dad disciplining me. It's when I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I had screwed up royally. And here it comes his feet. And I'm like, oh, man. Because my mom used to say, wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> and I knew it was on because she had been on the phone with him, and, you know, and like, and he's probably already stressed out anyway at work. And so he's like, I'm going to kill that kid. But the most memorable moments I have of any kind of discipline that my dad did was when, he, when I knew that I knew that I knew that I deserved to get beat. And he walked in and said, hey, hey, what, you know, are you stupid? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am. Look, why? Look, your mom's all upset. You know you're not supposed to do that. Could you please not do that again? 
shut the door and walk away. I remember those moments much more than I remember the Jakari paddle. That's a different, that's a different sermon. Grace, mercy. Romans 5, 6, and 8 says, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God, focus in on this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In the economy of heaven, sin is nowhere to be found, and so humanity was worthless to the economy of heaven. So while we were still worthless, Jesus, while we were still in our sin, sin problem hadn't been fixed yet, he died for us. And we celebrate that today. Wow. Number three. Now, So let's go from Friday to Sunday, from the cross to the resurrection. The resurrection validates truth. I'm going to read this again and and listen maybe like you've never heard it before. Luke 24, 1 through 8, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of the sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? Then they remembered his words. The resurrection resurrection of Jesus Christ validates truth. Now, you may be here today and say, well, I don't know if it really happened. I don't know if it really happened. I don't know. I don't really understand. I don't... But here at Coastline, we believe the Bible. Okay? So we, we actually believe this book from beginning to end. And we'll talk with you and pray with you and we'll talk about a bunch of stuff. But we're not going to argue the fact whether or not we believe the Bible. It's not an allegory. It's not a foo-foo fun book. And if you would read it, you would know that. It's got some really cool stuff in it. Lots of battles and um, desperate housewives in there. <laughs> It's true. Read about Joseph. It's got some really cool stuff in there, man. You can be like, it's, it's a good, it's, it's truth. And so we're not going to argue. That. So the resurrection in reference to the Holy Bible validates truth. Because we live in a, a society where truth is kind of like, um, it's kind of like monopoly money. Right? You can kind of spend it here and spend it there, but it's not really real. And our, our children and, and our universities and, and, and even in, unfortunately, some religious things, we're taught that, look, if you're good enough and you believe it's right, then it's right. The resurrection validates truth in our lives. The resurrection validates the fact that, you know what, I may live in a crazy world, but I can tell you this, Jesus stayed in that grave, he came out of the grave, and he's in heaven today making intercession for me. That's truth. See, there is a right and wrong. Oh, really? Jason, you're stressing me out right now. (laughs) Okay, so you leave here today, and you go to Easter brunch, right? And then you get one of those 
orange juice drinks that, what is it called? That has champagne in it? Mimosa. And you're having a great time with your family, and you, you walk off out of that restaurant, and you see an old lady, and she's walking out into the road. And you know that you have time to go get that old lady because there's a big Mack truck coming, right? There's one coming down the road, and you see the truck, and you see the old lady, and she's oblivious because she had too many mimosas. <laughs> and you know that you have time to go rescue that lady. What's the right thing to do? Oh, no, no, no. But what if you don't feel like rescuing her? Well, what if you, in your heart, you just like, you know what? I just, um, I just, um, what's, what's the right thing to do? Right. That's truth. It's, there's a right and wrong, and that's where the Bible draws the line. When Jesus came out of the grave, it validated the truth. And what... Whatever you think about that, you have to work that out with God. But the Bible says that it happened, so it happened. And it validates truth. And, and one of the most amazing things about truth being validated in your life is it helps you get up on Monday morning and go into life with a kind of an armor, right? Kind of like, you know what? I've got to deal with some nasty people today, and I've got to deal with this, and I've got to deal with that. But I know that I know what I believe is true. And so I, I can live my life that way. Number four, the resurrection gives hope. Luke 24, 9 through 12, when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. The resurrection brings hope. Think about this for a second. Without the empty tomb, and by the way, it's empty, and so is the cross. Without the empty tomb, without the resurrection, there's not much hope. So, so let's play this out for a second. Think about it. Here goes... Here, the women go, because they're going to go and prepare the body of Jesus. Everybody's in an uproar. They're all hiding out somewhere because they know that they're going to get, their people are looking for them. And so the women go, and they find the tomb. There's strips of linen, and, and everything's like, what's going on? So they run back to the disciples, and there's other people hanging out because everybody's scared for their life at this point. The one that they thought was the Messiah, they just watched get murdered. Can you imagine? And so now they're like, hey, the, the stones rolled away and there's no body there. And, and, and all the guys, which we do a lot when women tell us things that we don't think we should believe, they, we think it's nonsense. And all the others thought it was nonsense. But Peter, oh man, I can't imagine. Hope arises. Listen, if you're here today and you're praying for something in your life and you don't see it happening yet, let hope arise. That's what Easter is about. It's about hope. So here, here's Peter who's denied Jesus, who has just blown it royally, and he hears this and he thinks just for a moment, maybe this is true. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, 
these ladies are telling the truth. And what's he do? He runs. He runs. He runs to the last inkling of hope that he has. Maybe you're here today and you don't have any hope in your life. Jesus can give you hope. You won't wake up tomorrow and everything's fixed, but I guarantee you, you'll wake up and you'll have a peace about your life. Here's Peter and he's like, wait a minute. Really? And you, you got you to gotta realize Peter's processing all the things that Jesus had told him about his death. All the things that, that were going through Peter's mind at that time. And, and he's hopeless until he gets this information. He gets the information and he runs to the tomb. He runs. Men didn't run in that day. They, they just didn't run. He runs to the tomb. And there he sees hope. Hope springs eternal. Hope comes into the picture. Hope. Hope. Hope is the oxygen of the human soul. Man, you lose hope. It's a sad day. But And maybe people have let you down and, and you don't have much to hope in. Can I tell you today that you can hope in Jesus? Oh, man, you can hope in Jesus. And that's what Peter did. Peter takes off, takes off. Gets to the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. They went away wondering to himself what had happened. So hope is not the same as faith because at this point, Peter, he's kind of walking this thing out going, did somebody take Jesus? But maybe. See, the beginning of hope is but maybe. Maybe that child will come around. Maybe this marriage could work. Maybe God could do a miracle in this area of my life. Maybe I can quit being addicted. Hope. And that's what, that's, what Jesus, that's what Jesus is all about. That's what Christianity is all about. It's hope. It's hope. Last thing. The resurrection offers a chance for a new start. Luke 24, 12. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondered to himself, what had happened. So we, we just read that. And so going through Peter's mind right there has to be, wait a minute, maybe I didn't blow it so bad that, that something, maybe something can break loose here and, and actually maybe, maybe I can have a new start. So think about this. 1,800 people on our campus today, probably around there, maybe 2,000, I don't know how many. So you gotta you gotta do the do the math. Do the math. There are many of us that are in this room right now and that will be on this campus today that need a new start. Let's just be honest with one another. You look in the rearview mirror of your life and you might think, Man, I've blown it. I've completely blown it. I I've burned every bridge. I have I have ticked everybody that loved me off. I've I've absolutely blown it. Peter blew it. So if you're here today and you would say, I feel like I've really blown it. Last time I checked, you didn't deny Christ three times. And last time I checked, like the song that we sang, his love is relentless. I love that. 
It chases you. It hunts you down. It's ever constant. It doesn't stop. It's unchangeable. It's agape love. And that love today is available for for each one of us in this room. Nobody in this room is perfect. You may be here because it's Easter Sunday, but look around. If you look around this room, don't ever think that anybody in this room has it all together. What we, the, the one thing some of us have figured out is that we are sinners and we need Jesus. Peter got up and ran to the tomb. A new start. A new start. Let, let's look at this next scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. <laughs> Praise God for that. Right? I, I love, one of my friends yesterday actually, we were here and he got a new car. And, and he took me out and showed me the new car. And it smelled so good. You know what I'm talking about? That, that new car smell. That, that smell that most of us wish we could have at some point. Right? Like, it just smelled so good. It was, it was refreshing. You go to the car wash, sir, would you like some um, refreshing? And they offer new car smell. Why do they do that? Because we all love the new car smell. The old is gone and the new has come. A new start. And what Jesus can do for you in your life, spiritually, emotionally, is he can say, hey, I died for you and I'm offering you a new start today. And I'm telling you, man, if you turn your life over to the Lord, the grass is greener, the sky is bluer, and there's a a freshness about your life. And here's the awesome thing get a new car and about a year later you know the kids are dropping suckers and french fries down there and (laughs) you know what i'm talking about (laughs) the the new car smell goes away but the most amazing thing about christianity outside of any other religion that you can think about christianity is a journey and any time any day of the week you can go back to the lord and he can refresh you and that new that new spiritual smell comes right back never goes away because he's always there and he's constant. Would you bow your heads all in this place? If you're here today and you say, Jason, I need a new start in my life. At this moment right now, I know that I need a fresh start, a new start in my life. And I, I'm hearing you. You say, Jason, I'm hearing you. I'm, I'm hearing that, that Jesus can do that for me. I, I need to let Jesus in my life. How do I do that? Well, the Bible is very plain. Salvation is a faith issue. And in your heart, right where you're sitting right now, in your heart, the Bible teaches us that when you confess Jesus Christ as the Messiah, that you're, you're reinstated to a rightful relationship with God. And then the journey begins. How could it be that simple? Well, God made it that simple because he knew us. If that's you and you're here today, you say, Jason, I need a new start in my life. I need a fresh start and I need to to do over in life. 
And I know Jesus is the way to do that. And I'm ready to confess that he's the Messiah. That's you. Just raise your hand real quick. Put it right back down. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Thanks. Yep, I see it. Raise it and put it right back down. So I, I, I need a fresh start. That's awesome. Unbelievably awesome. You raise your hand. I want to pray with you. And when we're done, when we're done praying today, would you just take the time to go out to one of our tents and grab a Bible, grab a devotion. There's people out there that, that would love to, to speak with you. But if, if you raise your hand right there where you're sitting, no one's moving around, no one's looking around, right where you're sitting right now, you just pray this prayer with me. Father, and even in the overflow room, pray this prayer at this very moment. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me and thank you that I'm in, in this chair today. And right now, I realize I need a new start in my life. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so right now, at this very moment, I'm asking you, God, to forgive me. And I'm confessing in my heart, I believe with all of my heart, Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He took my death and sin to the cross. I believe with all my heart, he rose from the grave. And then he's in heaven today, making intercession for me. So right now, Lord, I thank you for the cross, and I thank you for the empty tomb, the resurrection, and I receive your love, your grace, and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. All right, all right.